Is it not for you to know justice? You who made good and love evil, who tear off their skin from them and their flesh from their bones, who eat the flesh of my body, of my people, strip off their skin from them, break their bones, and chop them up as for the pot, and as meat in a cake. Then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. Instead, he will hide his face from them at that time, because they have practiced evil deeds. Okay. Who is he addressing this to? Those who were in charge of the people. Actually, this whole chapter is going to deal with different groups of the leaders of the people. He calls these in verse 1 the heads and the rulers. In verse 5, he's going to speak about the prophets. In verse 9, he's going to talk again about the heads and the rulers. The idea is, these are the ones that were in charge of God's people. And look at what they were doing. They were supposed to know justice. In fact, they were supposed to be promoting justice. That's what leaders are supposed to do. But what what was their attitude? That's not quite right. They got this backwards. They're just they're totally they're totally off from that. And how were they treating people? As food, yeah, exactly. Sort of cannibalistically. You know, they, they were like a, a, a bunch of butchers who were tearing off their skin, their flesh from their bones, eating their flesh, chopping them up like for the pot, like meat in the kettle. Now, what he's saying is they're, they're exploiting, they're robbing, they're cheating, they're defrauding, they're, they're using violence or legal means, illegal means, whatever, to, to take advantage of people. Uh, these are our leaders who abuse their power to get what they want instead of acting with justice. And so they'll cry out to the Lord. But guess what? He won't hear them any more than they've heard the cries of their victims. You know, he will hide his face because they practice evil deeds. One of the big things the prophets constantly deal with is the injustice and the exploitation of those who've got power. That God is very much against people who have the power exploiting it to take advantage of, of helpless victims. And that's what the leaders of God's people were doing. That's why he wouldn't put up with it. Comments and thoughts on this section? Five to eight. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray. When they have something to bite with their teeth, they cry peace. But against him who puts nothing in their mouth, they declare holy war. Therefore it will be night for you without vision, and darkness for you without divination. The sun will go down on the prophets, and the day will become dark over them. The seers will be ashamed, and the miners will be embarrassed. Indeed, they will all cover their mouths, because there is no answer from God. On the other hand, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and courage to make known to Jacob his rebellious act, even to Israel his sin. So, 
Here's what the Lord says about the prophets who lead my people astray. The false prophets. Do you understand verse 5? What's he saying? They prophesy for hire. Exactly! Who do they prophesy nice things for? Yes! They adjusted their prophecy to fit the customer's pocketbook. You know, if you wanted them to say something nice, pay them good. Put a lot of good stuff in their mouth. If somebody doesn't pay them, oh, they prophesy holy war against them. <laughs> so what comes out of their mouth in prophecy matches what, what the, the client has put in their mouth in terms of, of what they've paid and what they've given to them. Is that a good way to uh, hear the word of the Lord use it on us? <laughs> but do you reckon there are any uh, professional, um, you know, religious leaders in our day that uh, what they do is they try to please the people who pay them the most? Evangelists. Yeah. Probably a whole lot of other kinds of evangelists. You know, it's a temptation. And uh, have there ever been any churches? that modified their message to make sure that the big contributors were happy. That's a temptation. You get somebody who's given a lot, you know, the preacher's salary probably somewhat depends on that, and, uh, you know, building payments or whatever, and, you know, and maybe it's not just one, maybe it's three or four, maybe all in the same family, and, uh, you know, if you preach about this, that's something that's a problem in their family, and you probably run it off. You don't want to do that. And there's that. You know, we look at these guys and we think, this is horrible. I can't imagine. Well, you know, if we're not careful, we can do the same sorts of things. And God is just so upset with anybody who allows what they're going to get out of it to cause them to modify the message of God. It's a non-negotiable message. You're preaching in season, out of season. Doesn't make any difference whether they like it or not. This is really tough. It's tough when you know somebody who's influential won't like it. To keep preaching the truth. Comments and thoughts on verse 5. Look at God's judgment against them. Therefore, it will be night for you without vision and darkness for you without divination. The sun will go down on the prophets and the day will become dark over them. God's going to take away their vision. Their crystal balls were going to go black. And they were going to have anything to say. You know, it was going to, it was going to be darkness and gloom for them. He's going to take away their ability to prophesy. There won't be any, any answer from God. There'll be nothing for them to say. You know, God shuts the mouths, ultimately, of these false prophets. And on the other hand, Micah, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, and with justice and courage to make known to Jacob his rebellious act, even to Israel his sin. There's the truth. What does he speak? Amen. He's filled with the spirit of the Lord, with the words that the Lord inspired, the Lord gave him, and he makes them known how? Yeah. He's going to take some courage. That is. 
you speak the word, whether people like it or whether they don't. To make known to Jacob his rebellious acts, even to Israel his sin. You know, that's just not what people want to hear about. They don't want you talking about their rebellious acts and their sins. But that's Micah, filled with God's Spirit, speaking the word courageously. He doesn't flinch, even standing against the entire power structure of Israel. He speaks the word of the Lord with courage because he has God's Spirit with him. Great example, powerful example for us. Comments and questions? Verse 6 kind of reminded me of uh, um, Isaiah 50 and 11, talking about how there's darkness for those who try and light their path with this fire get burned by the fire. Yes. It reminds me a lot of the idea of that this night goes out, so I'm sure these guys just tried to find something to say, and they just got burned by the fire. Um, it's this idea of what, what God put dark, <laughs> if you try and light it, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to feel the burn. Amen. Other thoughts? I think it's encouraging that Micah keeps trying, even though he knows that the people don't care. I mean, he just keeps on going. If it had been me, I think about the end of chapter one, I've just given up. They're not listening. There's all these people around, and people are just taking what they want and leaving everything they need. But he keeps going, and God keeps giving the message. It shows God's patience through him, and it just keeps telling him, even though they're not going to hear it. God really wants his message to be delivered even to people who won't listen. I think we have this idea that our job is to convert people. Our job is to preach the message. Whether they listen or whether they don't, they'll know that God's message is being proclaimed among them. And I think, I think we need to have a lot more of the mentality. The word needs to be preached. The people believe it or they don't, that's up to them. But, but they need to have the opportunity. And uh, Micah gives it to them. They're, they're, they can't make the excuse on the day of judgment. We didn't know it. There was nobody to tell us. He was right there telling. <coughs> that reminds me of, I'm pretty sure it's Ezekiel, but it could be Jeremiah. It could be both. About um, making uh, their forehead like flint because they're going against a hard people. But speak it because they will know that a prophet has been among them. And, and you know. If you don't speak it, then you're going to be liable. Yeah, that's more Ezekiel, but Jeremiah is pretty close. So, yeah. yeah very good. Logan. There's a poem that uh, a guy that we had do some personal evangelism classes, a guy where he preaches, wrote this poem, and I have a copy of it at home, and it talks about like when the Lord came, and it, and it brings him, the whole poem, and it brings him up to heaven, and he's talking about as he's far back in line, he sees all these people from him that he knew, and at first he thinks he's doing pretty good, he thinks he's going to go to heaven, but then as he starts looking at the people, it was a bunch of people who he never said anything to, and and, he, and when he gets to the end of the line, uh, his, uh, whenever, uh, in the poem, God turns the page, he says he found the dark light, he says, all of this page is stained with your brother's blood, and so if we know, that really brought something out to me that they can choose whether to accept or reject it, reject it but if we don't speak to them, then the blood is on us. We've got to get our minds off of ourselves. We've got to get it on the Lord and on serving the mouthpiece. 